Welcome to the Today is the Day podcast, where we take a deep dive into popular health topics and empower you to make informed, evidence-based decisions. We offer practical tools and strategies so you can easily integrate what you learn into your everyday habits. And today is the day we're back for the second of our bonus mini episodes between seasons to share a taste of our brand new course, Everyday Herbal. And today we're sharing our top three herbs everyone should have on hand for herbal first aid. We'll be covering when to use herbal first aid remedies, a powerful herb that might be growing in your backyard or your neighbors, Megan's favorite first aid and everyday herb that she'd take on a desert island, the plant that everyone needs to have in their kitchen, an all healing remedy you're likely buying but could easily make yourself. Hi everyone, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Megan Teltner, a nutritionist, two-time best-selling author, and founder of the Academy of Culinary Nutrition, where we offer a 14-week certification program in culinary nutrition. I'm also the co-creator of a brand new course that is just launching with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition called Everyday Herbal. Registration is now open, by the way. My co-herbal medicine enthusiast for this course, this podcast, and this sweet life is the one and only Josh Catalis. Hi, everyone. I'm a clinical nutritionist and functional medicine practitioner with a clinic in downtown Toronto. I'm also the founder of the Functional Nutrition Certification Program and an instructor with the Academy of Culinary Nutrition. Josh and I have a deep passion for herbal remedies, and they are always our first course of action whenever possible when we're looking to prevent the onset of illness or to ease any discomforts. It's for this reason that we wanted to focus one of our bonus episodes on a few essentials to have on hand for first aid. We get into all of this in detail in our new course, Everyday Herbal. Be sure to head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash herbal to learn more and register. There is no course like this. Today, we want to share with you some of our herbal first aid go-tos that we use most often. And this is actually where a lot of herbalists and the practice and discipline of herbalism sort of began because there wasn't modern medicine, right? So oftentimes we're going to herbs and natural remedies and things we can find in nature to deal with some serious and acute illnesses. Or to keep us healthy in the first place. Or to keep us healthy in the first place, absolutely. So we're gonna share with you some of our favorites that we have on hand, we have in our kitchen all the time, we have in our herbal first aid kit, starting with one that I think most people know about called echinacea. Echinacea, so... The reason we mentioned this in the beginning that it could be in your backyard or your neighbors is that it's such a common flower that grows like aggressively. Once you plant it, it replicates and replicates and replicates. And it's these pink, they almost look like daisies, like big daisies with pink petals. And as they get older or as they grow, the petals almost fall backwards. So the middle of the flower Mm -hmm. sticks out and those pink flowers, the petals. Yeah, they're also called cone flower. Yes. Yeah. So do you remember when you came to visit me at the herbal farm that I opened one up for you, the inside, and we tasted it? I don't. I can't believe I don't remember every moment of that trip. (laughs) (laughs) You remember almost every moment. But, uh, you know, that was a way we were sort of figuring out if that plant was powerful because when you eat that little small middle part of the flower, it kind of makes your mouth numb. And that's actually what you want to feel when you take echinacea. I never knew that. Yeah. It's got this this interesting sensation. So Maybe it made my brain tingle too. And that's why I don't remember that taste test. Possibly. So echinacea is amazing for boosting the immune system quick and furiously. 
it's actually really good for lots of bites, you know, cute things like that, like snake bites and spider bites. So again, you know, where I was doing this herbal medicine internship, there were some pretty nasty snakes. And I heard a couple of stories of people who got bitten and then they were just taking like massive doses of echinacea to boost the immune system and prevent, you know, spread of infection and issues like that. Can you just quickly explain the connection between snake bites and, and immune support? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's teeth going into your leg, piercing your skin. You know, if there's bacteria or anything getting deep in there, then that's going to create a pretty serious problem. So I happen to be terrified of snakes. Thankfully, that's not the issue. And that's not why we keep echinacea on hand in our house. But we keep it on hand in two forms. Mm -hmm. Tincture mm -hmm. and we have the leaves as to make a an infusion. Yeah, so a much more common use is to take it when you feel a cold coming on, a flu coming on. It's been shown to be highly effective at fighting back the flu. People who take echinacea versus those who don't are going to have less time in infirmary. Their colds are going to be less days. Their flu is going to be lighter. They're just going to get over it quicker. It doesn't. It's not the cure. It doesn't stop it from happening, but it makes it a lot more. Can I use the word enjoyable? <laughs> no. I like when I get sick, a lot I'm like, I'm hating life. And I'm and Josh is like, just it's just what it is. Just right got now. It. You just got to fall into my it. my Zen Buddha. But if someone in our home comes down with a cold or flu, all the other people will start taking echinacea as a preventative. And you know what the beauty of these herbs are? And a lot of the ones we talk about in the course is they stand the test of time. Like we know echinacea is amazing for the immune system. It's been used for hundreds of years and it's going to be one of the best herbs for eternity. Yes. And once you know this stuff, you just have it and you use it on a regular. So in our course, we will share with you how to make infusions, but also make your own tinctures. If you're not taking the course and you need to go get some, go get some, but get an echinacea tincture. It's a very versatile herb that can be used. And in our first bonus episode, we talk about all the ways you can sneak tinctures into sort of everyday eating and everyday use. So echinacea is one to have on hand. Megan, if you had to take a really long boat ride to a desert island somewhere, what would be your desert island herb that you would take for first aid? I would take ginger. And there's so many reasons. First is that if I was on a desert island, I'd probably have to go there by boat and I get very, very motion sick. And the other is that I, I tend towards nausea. Like just anxiety makes me nauseous. Smells make me nauseous. I'd like to think on a desert island, the air would be clean and pure. But I, I'm prone to nausea quite easily. So ginger has long been like since my days of having Crohn's disease, I always carried some ginger capsules in my purse. We keep ginger tincture in our car for long car trips. So ginger is a really powerful anti-nauseant. It can help soothe an upset stomach, but it also has amazingly potent anti-inflammatory benefits. So if I'm on this island and I like get clunked by a coconut, you know, a little ginger tincture can help reduce inflammation from potential injury. Absolutely. It also increases circulation. It's a diaphoretic. So I think most people can understand the heat from ginger, how it kind of makes you feel hot. Uh, so it increases blood flow throughout the body. It's interesting because there's a drug called gravel. Have you ever taken gravel? Maybe I, the well, the first time I discovered ginger as a remedy was on a boat trip out when I was, I did an exchange to Australia and university and my mom came, wanted to go snorkeling and I'm not so big on snorkeling because I'm not good on boats and you get the idea. We took a boat to the outer reef. It was so rough. It was, it was actually my worst nightmare and they were handing out ginger 
capsules to everyone. And that was when I first learned about ginger as an option. Right. So what I was asking you about, though, is... Oh, right. So Gravol (laughs) makes a ginger option. Exactly. That's what I was getting at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You read my mind. So that's a, a pharmaceutical company that just basically puts ginger in capsules and says, here's another intern. No, they add some other fillers too. Yeah, I'm sure they do. Why so, can't they just keep it 100% natural? Well, because then it's... Anyway, we won't <laughs> get into that conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's an amazing anti-nausea. I've seen it work wonders with some of my clients who are not just nauseous, but are actually vomiting on a regular basis for an unknown reason. Yeah. And it's really helpful for them. Yeah. It can also be really good for morning sickness. It's a risk-free during pregnancy. So you can basically take it it. as much as you need to. And I like to have ginger on hand as the whole root, Mm -hmm. slice it up, simmer it for a really strong ginger tea. If you're dealing with extreme nausea due to pregnancy, I actually really enjoyed this as ice chips or little popsicles. So it's like cold, which can be really beneficial. And then having capsules of powdered ginger can be beneficial for travel and also a tincture. The tincture, however, comes with a caveat. If you make it yourself, it'll be a little more tolerable, but a lot of the store-bought ones are really, really strong where it's actually kind of painful to take. But having ginger on hand would be the second essential remedy in a home herbal medicine kit. Now, most people have this next one just sitting in their kitchen or in their home somewhere, and that's aloe vera. Yes. Yeah, we love them. They grow well. They do well in people's homes. They don't need a ton of light or care. They can handle a lot of abuse. That's basically what Josh is saying. We actually had a massive aloe that we were nurturing a while back when we lived in an apartment. And we ended up kind of divvying all the babies up and giving them to people and putting a few out on the curb and stuff. And yeah, they multiply quite rapidly. So what what's you know what are we using aloe for? So the inner gel, which is that has the widest use, has this mucilaginous property, or you might describe it as snotty a little bit, and it's incredibly soothing externally on burns, like if you burn yourself in the sun or on the stove, which I'm prone to the latter, not the former, thankfully. So it can be really, really soothing in healing the skin, preventing that blistering, preventing scarring, preventing itching. And internally, that same mucilaginous property can be incredibly soothing and healing to the gut if you're dealing with any kind of stomach ulcers, inflammatory bowel disease, any kind of ulcerations or inflammation along the digestive tract. That aloe can be very, very beneficial. And this is talking about the inner gel only. The outer component, you often will slice off and discard. However, if you're a little backed up, it will help reduce constipation. However, if you're not backed up, it could cause diarrhea. So you just want to be mindful of the dose of that and take a small amount as needed. One more thing to add on aloe is that it's just a nutritive. It's it's incredibly nutritious. Some might call it a super herb or a super food. So if you have some, if you have that plant, you can even fillet it up take the inner part and put it in a smoothie. And you've done that quite a bit over the years. Yeah, you can put it in a smoothie and where you don't taste it or notice it at all. When we're on holiday and there's like an abundance of aloe, if we're staying in a hot tropical or desert climate, we'll actually take like aloe gel and blend it with a little bit of lime and take it as a shooter. 
which is, you know, not for the faint of heart. And one of the easiest ways to take it is actually if you are inclined to have a sort of jug of water that you drink from all day is you could slice up a filet of aloe, drop it in the water, and then it infuses that mucilaginous property into the water. So the water will have a little more of a viscosity. It'll be a little thicker, but you won't necessarily have the full potency and that full bitterness of the aloe will taste a little bit bitter, but you kind of get used to it. And I quite enjoy it. So those are three ways to start taking that aloe and having that. And again, have that on hand for the emergencies for the burns. The last remedy, also sort of in in the note of burns, and this is a bonus one, but it's to have a healing salve. And a lot of the common ones you see in stores contain herbs like comfrey and St. John's wort and calendula. In Everyday Herbal Intercourse, we're going to share with you how easy it is to make a healing salve. We actually do it as a vapor rub. So if you have congestion, but how you choose the herbs you want to do, infusing those oils and making your own salve. So you could actually choose the herbs you personally need for your use, but having a healing salve on hand that will usually contain some quality oil, like an olive oil or a coconut oil, potentially a little bit of beeswax if you're using it, and maybe some coconut butter or shea butter to harden it. And you can then infuse it with your favorite herbs to make a potent healing salve. Now, before we wrap up, we just want to mention these are all used for informational purposes. If you have severe burns or major wounds or like a serious life-threatening snake bite, don't just take echinacea and then, you know, put some salve on it. You'll do want to seek the appropriate medical care for that. Yeah. And the cool thing about herbs, too, is oftentimes you can combine them with medical care for greater results as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, we talked about echinacea for those acute things. Ginger, you can have it in many forms for nausea, stomach, irritations, uh, inflammation. We talked about aloe that a lot of people just have in their home and then a healing salve, which you can make yourself or you can buy, but a really good thing to have on hand. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us and we hope you'll give these remedies a try or at least have them on hand if you ever need them. They should be essential parts of everyone's natural first aid kit. You'll be amazed at how easy it is to make your own herbal remedies at home and how effective they are for prevention and relief from a variety of illnesses and issues. In our new course, Everyday Herbal, we have an entire module dedicated to creating your own herbal first aid kit, including the recipes you need to make it happen. If you're feeling inspired and want to learn more, head over to culinarynutrition.com forward slash herbal. Registration is now open for a limited time only. Knowledge is important, but applying it is truly where the power is. As I always say, the best way to get started is to get started. Take what you've learned and start applying it in your life. We'll be back in a few months for season two of the Today is the Day podcast. And in the meantime, we have 11 great episodes ready and waiting for you to catch up on. Thank you so much for joining us again and have a great day.